You're listening to the Disarming Honesty Podcast with your host, Jenny Hansen Lane. Disarming Honesty plays two folds in our lives. It's at the crossroads of being honest with ourselves and creating a space for others to do the same through principles of emotional intelligence. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode zero zero titled What is Disarming Honesty? Five years ago, when I was courting my husband online, I met him on Facebook. He'll tell you there's no such thing as online dating, but I think he's wrong. I think when you write messages to each other, that's online dating. Anyways, we met in a Facebook group with a bunch of Christian singles looking for spouses nonetheless, and he posted something about people thinking that he was a player, and that he didn't want to be divorced again. And that really resonated with me. And it resonated with me because my family called me a player all the time. And they called me a player all the time because I would go on one date with a guy and then that was it. And usually I wasn't feeling it or they didn't like me back. Like that's just what dating is. And I was really... I had my heart really set on being married and I lived in Utah at the time. And so being um, 30 was kind of an old lady in Utah. And so I knew this was like a desire of my heart. I had always imagined myself being a wife and then a mother. So I just put a fishing pole in every single pond I could find and I use that analogy a lot because I don't think that we put our fishing poles in enough ponds when we desire something. And so I wanted to make sure that if there was potential online, I was going to be there. Or if there was an activity in person or a get together, that I was going to be there. And so I really felt like my law of averages would work in my favor if I had multiple fishing lines in so many different ponds. I would catch a fish that I liked. Anyway, so um, I also kept a private blog of every date that I have been on. Uh, since 2009. So my family had read stories and they had heard of all these one dates and they were kind of (laughs) hopeless for me, I think in some ways, and hopeful also that something would line up. And I had been in long relationships before. Uh, I had a boyfriend um, that I started dating probably a little bit too early in high school, became a best friend, and then uh, he passed away. So I had actually found someone that I wanted to marry and it just didn't work out. He wasn't on the earth anymore. So after having an experience like that and suffering some kind of heart-wrenching grief and really dynamic emotions of loss and and different types of loss within that relationship. I just casted my my fishing rod, my fishing net, all manner of lures and when I was healing and I was ready to go, I just became a fisherman of men. Isn't that sound so silly? I don't mean to be light-minded of a biblical term, but I would that's what I was doing as I was searching for a husband. Anyway, so my husband now, man, some Facebook guy then <laughs> posted that, you know, he didn't want to make the same mistake and 
um, end up with someone that wasn't a good match for him. And when I read that, it just really resonated with me. And I don't know if I looked at his profile picture or anything like that. I just remember that spoke to me. And so I just typed to him something like, only God can judge, like a joke. And I quoted Tupac because that's a song that he sang. Uh, But that rings true. Like no one really truly knows what you're going through, except maybe the Lord. If you have a relationship with him, if you don't, I still believe that a greater power um, knows what you're going through. So he clicked like, and I think he added me on Facebook. I'm not sure. I just remember that he clicked like on so many of my photos and I was already a wedding photographer at that time. So that was certainly, certainly the way to my heart. And, um, we talked to the phone the, a couple days later for three hours and it was really good. We always talk about like how the dopamine really carried us through our relationship long distance. And uh, the next night was like six hours. The next night, like we were losing sleep. And uh, I think it was like a week later, he told me that he loved me and we hadn't met in person. And I was like, okay, yeah, thank you. And um, I had had relationships where it was kind of one sided like that. So it didn't alarm me. Because I really felt like I am also the type of person to create a space of vulnerability for people. And even if I'm not feeling on the same wavelength, I most certainly appreciate their honesty and the space that we've created together in a friendship where people can tell all and share all. So I decided I need to buy a ticket. I need to see if this guy is the real deal. He had a son. He lived in Lexington, Kentucky. And so I just, we met October 13th ish. And I just told my dad, I need to go see if this guy is the real deal. And my dad was like, okay, have fun. (laughs) And um, all the guy friends in my life were like, what's his name? Where's he live? We're running back at ground checks. And they did that and they all came back clean. So they felt like, okay, you're crazy, but you're Jenny. And we know you do crazy things because you have a fishing pole in every pond. So let's just see what happens. So I flew out. I bought a ticket. Just flew out three weeks later. He picked me up from the airport. I just didn't really want a first kiss at the airport. Like, I don't know. Anyways, we made it to like the airport parking lot and had our first kiss. And um, I he showed me around Lexington and um, all the experiences and all the conversations we had had online really um, just sparked what was real between us. And we had an emotional connection first that was based on principles of emotional intelligence in terms of self-awareness and um, being vulnerable with each other, that the physicality aspect of our relationship totally lined up. We were very attracted to each other too. So we courted back and forth. He would fly to Utah. I would fly to Kentucky. Um, So we met in October. We got engaged in February And we got married in August and um, I moved out to Kentucky. And during that time, I was able to meet his family at different events, um, both in Utah and Kentucky and different parts of the country when they'd get together for Thanksgiving. And some of his uh, family thought that we were moving too quickly, which I can understand. But I also am like, if I feel like something's right, there is no breaks for me. And that is true with anything in my life. But I also think it's important that 
you recognize that in your own life, that if you feel like something is right, then we need to release the brakes. And I think sometimes we let fear be our brakes, uh, where we truly have something deep inside that calls to us. And we kind of pump the brakes because we don't feel like we're in control or we don't know how it's going to turn out or we're worried about how other people are going to view us driving this way, this direction when we had other plans. Um, but that understanding that and, and knowing that it actually feels really amazing to release the brakes when you're following your passion, more light and knowledge will come to you. And that's how we treated our relationship. We just said we like each other. We value the same things. Let's just release the brakes and see where it goes. And I had been in previous relationships after my longtime boyfriend had passed away where I did the same thing. Like it felt good. I just jumped into it, committed to it, did it. And then as I got deeper into it, I knew that I needed to. It didn't feel right. So I had to I had to pump the brakes and so I think those are good identifiers for us that sometimes it's okay to have breaks, but when we have a passion that we're moving forward with, uh, releasing the breaks can really give us a lot of momentum and um, give us a lot of light and knowledge on what we need to do moving forward. So back to the story, thank you so much for listening, is that um, after we got married, I spent more time with his family and my husband... Um, was visiting his brother and his brother said to him, you know, your wife, Jenny is so honest, it's disarming. And when my husband told me that story, he said, you know, my brother said, you're so honest, it's disarming. I thought, is that a compliment? Or is that like an insult? What does that even mean? And then all these thoughts, all these experiences and all these memories just started flooding my mind. And my husband said, you know, you create a really special place for people to feel safe. And I knew that was true from all these experiences that had come in my mind where um, I would meet someone for the first time and they would tell me something really personal, followed up by, wow, I'm not sure why I told you that. I've never told anyone that. And then I'd have to explain, you know, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Um, that, that's something that I can hold and, and respect and, and keep confident. So that's where the name came from. And I know that it's based off of principles of emotional intelligence, of being self-aware of what other people need, but also of my own needs. I'm not really someone that you can walk up to and say, oh, rain's in the forecast. Like I appreciate the weather and I know that we need <laughs> like four seasons, but I am so attracted to human behavior and thought processes and critical thinking in emotional terms that I just have this little phrase like I don't want to I don't want to hear about the weather. I want to hear about how you weathered the storm. And I truly believe that that when we um, can reflect on hard things that we've gone through, that truly helps us identify um, with who we are and who we want to become and that our experiences truly shape us to become our best selves 
if we use principles of emotional intelligence. And so that's something that I have always carried with me and kind of compartmentalized as a wedding and portrait photographer. I always respected the space that someone would let me photograph them and then ended up telling me something very personal or sacred or intimate about themselves that they somehow or for some reason never told anyone else in their entire life. And um, I am so grateful for those experiences. And I hope that we all create a space to feel safe to share those things with people because that's truly how we can grow and um, recognize that we can contribute through vulnerability in other people's lives. So I want to always be able to live my life in a way that people feel comfortable with me. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this conversation about emotional intelligence and disarming honesty. I am so empowered by our ability to be self-aware as humans and our ability to engage in conversations that matter. And I know that as we employ the principles of emotional intelligence uh, as uh, things as self-awareness, that we'll be able to project so much goodness into our relationships, into our business lives, into all those little things that um, can overwhelm us. And so if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave a review, hit subscribe and look for Disarming Honesty on all social media platforms. We'd love to hear your questions and we'd love to get to know our listeners more. Thanks so much for listening. And today's last bit of advice comes from my grandpa Hansen. When your body is tired, exercise your mind. When your mind is tired, exercise your body. Peace out.